Thanks for tuning in to Accented. This episode is not scripted, and it's for English learners who want to listen to real conversations. Each week, I interview a new guest who has a distinct English accent. On this planet, there is just not one English accent. There are many. In today's episode, I'll be speaking to Bob, who is a professor from the Netherlands. Thanks for joining me on Accented today. I really want to know what my listeners want to hear. So if you have something that you want to tell me, please reach out to me. I have an Instagram account, Facebook, and I even have an email. And in the last few weeks, I've received some emails from listeners all over the world. And it's great to hear from you. I'm making this because I think that this is a podcast that's needed. So please send me your ideas. Send me what you want to hear on here, or even if you're just enjoying it. I love to hear from the audience. Today's guest, Bob, he is from the Netherlands. Now, that country is sometimes called Holland. And during the interview, I ask Bob, what's the difference? And he talks a little bit about that. So I actually learned something new during that interview because in English, we sometimes say the Netherlands or we say Holland. And it's one of the only countries that I know that has two names. Another thing that is confusing is if you come from Holland or the Netherlands, you speak Dutch. Now, generally, when you come from a country, Say you come from Spain, you speak Spanish, England, English. I don't know why they say Dutch. Maybe some of you out there know why it's called Dutch, but that is the language that they speak there. Most people in Holland speak English really well. Uh, If you have listened to my second episode where I interview Lena from Denmark, she mentions that The people in Denmark speak English really well because there's only about 5 million of them. So they feel that they need to know a second language so that they can communicate with the rest of the world. Bob sort of gives that explanation too about people from Holland. It's another small country and they feel that they need to know some other languages. I want to go through some words and phrases that are used in the interview. One very common phrase that you hear many English speakers use is to think outside the box. When an English user says to think outside the box, so imagine you have a box in your hand and a box is not original. A box anybody can have in any country. doesn't matter what language you speak, we can all use a box to pack something in. So it's not unique. It's not original. And pretend you're inside a box. If you were to think outside the box, it's to give this idea that you're thinking differently to everybody else. Instead of doing the same thing over and over again, to think outside the box You are coming up with new ideas and new ways to do things. 
So you're not copying what everybody else is doing. You're thinking outside the box and you're coming up with another idea, a new way to do something. Bob is a podcast host and the reason he got into podcasting is because of COVID-19. He is a professor. During the lockdown, he wanted to communicate with his students, still be able to teach them. And this was a way that he could do that while everybody was stuck indoors. He really thought outside the box. The name of Bob's podcast is The Art of Prototyping. A prototype is an object or it's something that you create and it's one of the first creations. So usually a prototype, if you invent something, you will then try and use it. And when you use it, you find ways to make it better. So somebody could go and use it and say, well, actually, it's not very user-friendly. Why don't you add this to it? So with your prototype, it's like a test and you want to test it out. Bob's podcast is a bit of a prototype. This is the first time that we've had a worldwide pandemic. He decides to create a podcast to try and get his ideas out to his students in an entertaining and engaging way. Bob uses the term maker perspective. And I love the word perspective. I've been using it a lot lately. The perspective of somebody is what they think. My perspective could be different to your perspective. The way that I have perceived my situation, the way that I have dealt with the situation where we were moving to Canada and it didn't happen because all the borders closed, I think that my family is quite lucky in the sense that I know when it first happened, I was very upset. I was really looking forward to moving to Canada. However, I try to have a positive perspective on that. We could have moved and been locked indoors, not knowing anybody, not having any family, not having any friends, whereas I'm glad we're in a familiar place here in Australia. We know everybody here and it could be worse. So I have quite a positive perspective on what has happened. So it's your kind of your point of view, how you see things in the world. Uh, the way my husband has seen that is different to how I've seen it. He could still see it in a positive way. However, he might just see it in a slightly different way to how I see it. It's time to get on with the interview. Today, I'm speaking with Bob, who is from The Hague in Holland, and he runs a podcast. He's the host of a podcast called The Art of Prototyping. Welcome, Bob. Thank you. And can you please pronounce your last name for our guests? Yeah, it's uh, Josi Yossa. Josi Yossa. I was trying to say it before, yeah, it's... but... That's <laughs> <laughs> no, a difficult one. Is it a typical Dutch name? Um, actually, yes, but no. So this is a bit weird. I think it's a, it's a, like a, in Zealand, um, in the south of uh, of the Netherlands, um, they have yeah this kind of name. So, 
And what's the difference with Holland and the Netherlands? Why do we have two different names? Yeah, that's a really good question. I I I actually watched some YouTube videos about it because it's it's very confusing. So basically what we have is we have provinces in the Netherlands. The Netherlands is the the country itself. And then you have um like two provinces, the the north of Holland and the south of Holland, and together we call them Holland. So basically if I say I'm from Holland, um, I'm from one of the other uh, one one of the the two provinces, um, and you also have the the kingdom of Holland, I think, which includes like Bonaire and Aruba and and stuff the the islands. A long time ago, they were colonies, uh, but not anymore, of course. Uh, so yeah, there are different names <laughs> for uh, for our country. What do you call it in Dutch? What. Uh... Is it exactly yeah. the same? No. So in if I would say it in Dutch, I would say Nederland. So it's the Netherlands. Nederland, uh, I think, meaning the lowlands. Tell us a bit about your podcast. You've only done a small episode in English, but then it's all in Dutch. Is that right? True. Yeah. Yeah. So um, uh, it was a quarantine time. Um, I'm a lecturer at the University of Rotterdam. And... Um, um, at my department, communication and multimedia design, my students are basically experienced designers. Um, and what we do is that we, um, we we try them to to come up with new concepts, new ideas, and think outside the box. Um, I, as a person, I'm, 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 I think of, of myself as a maker, uh, a person that, that has a lot of creativity and likes to make new things. I, I'm full of ideas. And uh, I was sitting at home I was missing the connection with my uh, with my students, so I decided to make a podcast. And uh, because I'm um, coming from the the maker perspective, like the, the prototyping, um, I was a programmer as well before. Um, so I decided to name my podcast "The Art of Prototyping," uh, which basically is about um, where does your inspiration come from? How do you use your inspiration, and how do you start making? Some people are scared to start. And I try to motivate them to to do start to to hear uh, other people's stories. I do interviews as well, uh, and then hopefully they hear how other people uh, yeah, where they got their information, their energy, uh, and how they started making stuff, and then they get motivated uh, to to start as well. Well, it's it's interesting because you've called it the art of prototyping. and you haven't translated it into Dutch, so you've kept the English name. So that. I guess I get the feeling that people in the Netherlands they speak English really well, or they're quite bilingual. Yeah, well, what I noticed, especially with this the generation that I'm I'm teaching as well, is that the the students they they sometimes words just sound better in other languages, and the the go to language, the go to second language that we have, I think, is is, is uh, English. And especially with all this social media and uh, TV and everything, the thing that we see is mostly is English then. So I think that that things sound better if it's in English sometimes. And um, I think in general, even the Dutch don't really fancy their own language. Really? I don't think we, we really like our language. That's interesting. There's yeah. no real... So say if you were to leave... And um, oh, I'm just 
comparing myself to to my family with my husband being French, it's very important that our children learn French. So is that of importance if someone were to leave the Netherlands that their children were to learn Dutch? Wow, that's an interesting question. I I didn't think about it actually. <laughs> I I would assume yes, but on the other hand, I think the reason that the Dutch speaks so many other languages is because nobody else speaks Dutch. So basically, if we're somewhere else, we need to adjust to their situation, their language. So I think that's why we, oh, basically, on, at, at school we get that, like French, German, Spanish, uh, Spanish maybe not, but uh, you can choose Spanish uh, and English. So basically it's like three, four main uh, languages that you you learn. Tell me, you said you created the podcast for your students. How did they take it, or what have you achieved since launching? Yeah, so when I started, I was really um, I was really focused on what they experience um, at the uh, with their studies and uh, and in their education. So it was really like a school stuff thing, and. Um, and basically, at one point, one of my students said, well, you have a great voice to listen to, um, which was a, a very ego-boosting comment for me. <laughs> and, um, um, and then she said that um, I, I, I like listening to the podcast, but I won't do it now because it's so schooly and I want to relax now. And then I thought, oh, wait a minute. That's not what I want. I want them to enjoy the podcast not only think about it uh, being a, th a thing that they need to listen to because it's like homework or something. So I stopped doing that and I basically call that season one. And then I started season two, which is more, um, um, more searching for inspiration. So basically what I, what is the, the vision of my podcast right now? And uh, so I'm, I'm searching, I'm, I'm, I'm losing the whole school stuff, but I'm still, um, yeah, focusing on prototyping, making inspiration and motivating. Um, and uh, I get a lot of positive feedback from my students. That's great. And have you got other people listening to it that aren't your students or you're not aware of that yet? I'm, I'm not aware of that. So basically now I, I speak with my students and they give me feedback. I always ask all, um, at the end of my, my episodes, I always ask them, uh, if you have any feedback, send it to me, please, because I want to learn. I want to grow also in, in this and I want to know what your, your needs are and how I can uh, uh, yeah, adjust my podcast to, to provide you with it. And um, I think that, uh, yeah, th those people, they, they, they talk to me, but I never, I never got a reaction of, of anybody else, actually. Have you lived anywhere else in Europe? No, I didn't live anywhere else in Europe. Uh, I traveled around in, in uh, the Netherlands. Um, basically, when I was young and um, I started going on holidays myself, the first time uh, we just took the tent and uh, yeah, just went some places. And um, uh, Holland is not that big, of course. In, in one day, you can basically visit everywhere. Really? Well, that's not really true, but you can go from south to north. It's like three hours driving, so <laughs> it's easy. Okay. Um, so yeah, and, and and there's you have the islands in the north, um, which are pretty cool 
because on some islands there are no cars allowed. So it's really like biking all the time and, and stuff. Uh, some cities are still old. Uh, we have uh, uh, like very um, cities that, 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 that were created in the time of war. Uh, so they have these this big walls around them and stuff. And, I, and then I mean the, the 80 year war, I think. I don't know the exact name about, uh, of it. So it's the war with the Spanish, I think. And um, those are nice to visit. And you have the, the very new cities. I, I grew up in Rotterdam, um, which is bombed by the Germans in uh, in the Second World War. Uh, so a large part of Rotterdam is like very, very new. Uh, so it, especially the center, it's all yeah, built in the last decade. Um, so it's, yeah, yeah, you need to uh, appreciate it, I think. <laughs> I don't a- like it so much. Oh, really? Yeah. Because it's no, too modern. Yeah, I don't know. It's too modern, and it's. I think it's there's t- just too much traffic uh, going on. If you if you compare it to, for example, uh, like Utrecht, uh, which is in the center, or Delft. Uh, Delft is famous for its universities as well. Uh, there's a lot of students living there, and not mine, but uh, for the universities there. And it's more of an outgoing city. You know, uh, people go to pubs, bars, clubs, and stuff, and and they bike. And in Rotterdam, you can still bike because almost everywhere in Holland there are bike lanes. Uh, but in Rotterdam, I think it's, there's more, you you more use the public transportation um, and there's there's much more traffic. If you compare it to The Hague, for example, where I'm living right now, it's, uh, it, maybe it's a bit of both, but The Hague is older. So it's it's also closer together and there's the streets are more curvy maybe. And it's different, <laughs> just different. I'm just listening to you speak. You sound like uh, English is your first language. How, how early Nothing. were you when you started? Well, even just the comment, you said something before, um, thinking outside the box. You know, not many English students know those uh, sorts of uh, terms. So when did you start learning English? Ah, okay. Um, when? Yeah. Well, I know that... When I was very young, uh, like two, three years old, I think my my father needed to go to the U.S. Uh, and I think we lived in Michigan. Uh, but of course, I cannot remember anything from that period. And um, um, when we came back, I think I, I just mixed up words at that moment. And I, I, what I do remember that as a child, I was watching uh, like very early in the morning on Saturdays, I would sneak down. Uh, go downstairs, turn on the TV, and I would tune into what was it called? Sci-Fi Channel, I think. And it's it was a British um, broadcasting channel, and um, it it didn't have any subtitles. And I don't even know if I could read. Um, but yeah, it was all in in uh, in English. So I think I, I never. I don't know. I I never stopped using English. Maybe. Um, and at school, I always find it easy to uh, to talk this way. And actually, right now, my girlfriend is Portuguese, and we talk English at home as well. So I use it every day. Well, thank you so much, Bob. You're good, welcome. Thank you. And um, yes, good luck with the rest of your podcasting. Thank you. And you too. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye. Bob mentions the word inspiration. And motivation. So with his podcast, he is trying to inspire or to motivate 
his students. As a teacher, I know that all teachers try to inspire and motivate their students. And we're always trying to think of new ways to do it. This podcast is one of them. I want to motivate English learners to pay attention to listening comprehension. When I say pay attention, that means to make it a priority, to actually think about listening comprehension as an important part of English. Usually we focus on writing and reading and not so much on listening, which listening is so important to understand what people want. So this podcast is to motivate students to focus on their listening comprehension and hopefully through an engaging way. I'm trying to give opportunities for it to be interesting. And by giving people opportunities to listen to various accents, this will hopefully build your confidence to use English. So it's to motivate. I don't know how much this podcast is to inspire. Maybe it's out there for people to start their own podcasts. Thanks for listening to another episode of Accented. I'm your host, Kimberly Law. Accented is released on the 15th and 30th of each month. If you'd like to find out more about me, please head to kimslawofenglish.com. I'd love to hear your thoughts, so don't forget to leave a review of the podcast or even a star rating. Speak to you soon.